వెల్ and uh, later in 2017 my mother in law she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer okay and uh, uh, it was very late stage for her so we lost her in around one and a half year mm-hmm. and within few months uh, like we lost her in june uh, to not july 2018 and in november 2018 i uh, noticed that there was some discharge in my breast and i went to the gynecologist and uh, i was uh, told that probably it's some hormonal imbalance and uh, i need not to worry about it although i shared my fear that uh, you know i'm i really doubt uh, i mean it can be cancer or something related to that i'm really scared and i was all alone my husband and my son uh, my son is 8 year now so uh they both were not with us i was alone and uh, so what has happened was like for the, the doctor at tpk bangalore who operated my father and my mother in law was the same mm-hmm. and he's also has a specialization in uh, breast cancer surgeries okay. so even after talking to my gynecologist i was not little i mean i was not uh, convinced Mm-hmm. and i thought probably you know better i go for a second opinion and here i also would like to add that why i thought of second opinion is not just because i knew that you know it may be uh, cancer may not be diagnosed early because i heard some stories from uh, my friends or some relatives or neighborhood that even they went for initial checkups and uh, it took long time for them to actually know that it was the cancer so those stories were uh, they are sitting somewhere in my mind and i thought uh, why to be dilemma actually either it it will be the cancer or it may not be better to go and get it to check with the oncologist himself so uh, rather than delaying later so i went to my uncle and i knew him because earlier i was meeting him as a caregiver for other two patients in my family uh, so he was it is surprised when he saw me and i told i came for myself and i had noticed something and he looked at me and uh, he asked the very first question is you know is you scared and obviously somewhere i was scared but i said you know uh, from, i want to make sure that if it is something it should be checked so i'm not scared but i am i'm alert mm-hmm. so uh, that that's how a doctor has uh, the first time when i met him and then he wrote some test and the first test was ultrasound and i asked him uh, you know this ultrasound because i heard about mammogram you know that in ultrasound 
there was a question mark, you know, that ultrasound whether we'll pick it up or not, or I should go for mammogram. The doctor suggested since we are very young and uh, women who are young mostly have the dense breast and mammogram can miss it. So this is one important thing which I got to know during that time that even uh, in the mammogram it can be missed, which I was not aware earlier. And I really uh, thankful to my doctor for that uh, thing. And ultrasound has shown that there is there is a small tumor and probably it is malignant. So then further biopsies and uh, other tests, mammogram and MRI and uh, later uh, PET scan. All those tests were done in a, in a week and every test got me closer to the cancer. So I was diagnosed with stage 2 ERPR positive. At the age of 36. Uh, and uh, 2018. And it, uh, yes, 2018, November, it, it, it was the time. So, seven, so uh, how it happened was like seventh was the day when first time I noticed there is the very first symptom. Seventh and 19th, I was operated. So, everything was very quickly done. I did not delay it from my end uh, once I noticed something. but. Right. Definitely, uh, what I realized was probably if I was in habit of regularly, you know, self-examine myself, it could have been picked up earlier. Mm. Because definitely there was a there was a lump, and it was even missed by my gynecologist while doing the physical examination. Which is again, a, uh, we cannot blame a doctor, but what happened? We rely a lot on a doctor. You know, and there's no harm if we are going for second opinion or if we are asking a question to our doctor that why so and so test is needed for us and why they think this could be the case. Because this questioning and this curiosity helped me a lot at many instances, not even in my own diagnosis, but later on when I went through my treatment, every point I had some questions and I used to ask my doctors why they're thinking this should be done. And many times it helped in a way that few things were corrected by a doctor, the way they were uh, treating me. Mm. So my doctor also advised me that since you're very young, probably you can think of having a reconstruction. Mm. So that time I was not thinking that, you know, what this reconstruction all about and more I was worried is like, like, you know, I want to see my life and we did not know what stage and all. And uh, then I, I heard or I read that in a younger woman, it's, it's mostly very aggressive. So I was very scared or definitely, but uh, then this reconstruction was my doctor's uh, suggestion, which actually I relied on him and I went ahead with this. And this definitely helped me a lot later when I was recovering because psychologically it uh, helped in a way that I did not just uh, wake up one day uh, seeing me just flat. So I had my breast. So uh, this was definitely, so what I'm trying to say is here, the trust in the doctor plays a very important role. How much and how much, how we are interacting and uh, this is this is very important. So we have to, it's, it's not like that we cannot ask the question to the doctor or if they're saying so just, you know, uh, just go with it. You know, we can ask them whatever doubts we have. So I definitely had a lot of doubts related to that and I was uh, directed to the uh, plastic surgeon and he explained me very nicely that what all it, it 
how it will be and how it will be done and what all I can expect from this kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. So de- definitely that was very helpful. And uh, so while going through these tests, I was alone and I informed my husband later who was in, who was at my native. And while he was coming back, he got to know. So yeah, and then on 19th of November, I was operated. It was an 11-hour surgery. Uh, I also the chemo port was installed in in the same surgery and the reconstruction. Uh, so that surgery uh, was yeah definitely that eight to ten days I stayed in the hospital was very very difficult and uh, it was like oh I I was in a lot of pain and uh, psychologically also it has impacted because when we know that so, so going through a surgery. A surgery where we know that definitely the outcome will be good. For example, we know a simple C-section. We know, okay, I mean, um, I have been gone through the C-section. So that surgery is different in a way because even though the patient is a pain, but they know like, you know, okay, everything is good coming out of it. But the cancer surgery are altogether very different because we don't know what's going to come out of it and what uh, it, it will be after the surgery. And the questions keep coming you know now how many years and uh, uh, what would be the survive survival rate and based on the state so many things you know keep coming and even in the hospital I did I was like a uh, pain was there but uh, I really thank my uh, the nursing staff and the physiotherapist because they really motivated me a lot in a way that uh, like nurses used to pray for me and uh, the physiotherapist, they were very, very much motivating. I mean, that, you know, you can walk and you can get down and we are there for you. Those, those things really helped me. And I can never forget that even just simply a nurse when every day she's coming and speaking for to me just for two minutes and telling me that things will be okay and pain will go away. Those words meant a lot. And I, I did not, the very first thing was like, I did not talk about my illness for a long time to my uh, friends and my relatives because in our society, this is the case. Like, you know, somebody has a cancer, okay, you know, the poor lady, what has happened with her? And I did not want that pity because I always had been a very uh, strong person. And for me, it was like somebody showing pity on me, I couldn't take it, take it. So I did not speak about it and uh, I, I had chose not to talk about it. That's my personal choice. And also many times people are not aware that what they're talking to a patient who's, who's a cancer patient basically. So once I, uh, my cousin, she got to know and she called me. I, I was reluctant to pick her call, but when she said that, uh, what stage it is and I said this is the stage and then she said don't you know so and so person I know and she, she's still alive so uh, you know it, it is sometimes what happens the people around us they are talking in a way like they actually want to motivate but somewhere they are demotivating us okay so there is a possibility that uh, I may die in some few years or so so and then, then I thought okay let's stop talking let's finish the treatment and then I tried to connect to the people who are either going through this kind of uh, treatment, these kind of treatments, 
and they know more about it so i connected with other patients i used to search online wherever i can find the support so i came across breast cancer india uh, in in uh, india it's based out of mumbai and they have a good very support group and then uh, breast cancer hub and i connected to these people and uh, talking to other patients and the caregiver helped me a lot because then i could make a connection that okay they are also so they can understand what what my uh, thought process is right now what i'm thinking of uh, what kind of dilemma i am having and what all thing i can expect because doctors are not always available you know to explain each and everything and every patient is different every, uh, how they react so uh, every cancer is different every treatment is different and how a patient respond is very different so it, it cannot be generalized so talking to the patient definitely helped me and then i was going through the chemotherapy um it it it, it definitely was very helpful because i got to know like how people are dealing with the side effects and i some of those uh, really helped it was really helpful for me those remedies and then sharing the fear and uh, you know these these kind of these kind of things were really helpful and then i was meeting few patients who were telling you know 20 years ago i had this treatment and that was really motivating so okay so this i mean this patient is there from 20 years so maybe if god has decided to give me 20 years by to waste those years and just be happy and make full uh, utilization of it so th- this is how talking to the patients and the caregivers was really helpful people in general are uh, uh, not that much uh, aware that how a patient feels about it how how it is for them mm-hmm. so i think awareness is more important for the people who interact with the cancer patient as well mm-hmm. Right. so that that's what my uh, take on it like uh, this is how i felt because even when i went back so i finished so uh, the treatment is like uh, then i went uh, after surgery after a month i went for five and a half month like four uh, cycles which was the 21 days gap was the ac cycle and then uh, 12 weekly tactical chemotherapy work given so definitely chemotherapy was not a good phase it also um not a lot of mood things are there and the body also doesn't take in in a very good way i'm not saying it's for every patient but every patient i mean it's for everyone it's very different and for me some of the side effects were very much uh, um uh, impacting me psychologically as well uh, i had a very bad constipation and then i was also from past 10 years also i'm on some other medication which is for gm epilepsy and uh, i was aware and i spoke i informed my chemo doctor that i'm on this medication and he asked and he asked me to take uh, um opinion from my neurologist and she also said that it's safe to uh, take this medication we cannot stop but the problem happened is the medicine did not interact but it, the chemotherapy reduced its uh, efficacy and because of that uh, i had a seizure as well during my chemotherapy and i got my i just fall unconscious and i got my uh, nose broken and uh, taken into emergency 
So here the important thing which I always when I when I was speaking to other patient, I tell them you know always keep your doctors informed if you are on any other medication or if you're deciding to take any alternative medicine because we never know how it is going to react with our. Uh, Uh, or how it is going to behave while we are on our chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. So since my doctors were aware, they are they took care of it, and uh, I was put on some additional medication along with whatever I was taking. Mm-hmm. And uh, post chemotherapy, uh, the radiation was given twenty eight sessions, and radiation was not that much uh, difficult. It was I mean I I was all okay during radiation. It's just that every day we have to visit the hospital, uh, and it make uh, make the patient really very tired. So that that's how it was with my radiation, and then I joined back. So when I joined back, uh, there were a few things which uh, didn't really work well because then I realized, you know, uh, for the project for which I was working so hard from last three years, those people were reluctant to take me back. and uh, this this was very disheartening for me and i felt okay so so where we are actually putting our energy and our effort uh something else is more important than that and the family and uh, other thing and it also taught me like because the way i was feeling uh, and i was taking the things how the people are talking to me what the attitudes towards me it has taught me many things in a way that now if today i'm meeting with somebody else i'm totally different mm-hmm. and for me the priorities has been changed so uh, this is all this was a great lesson i mean it taught me great lessons of life and now i take it as a as a blessing because earlier i was somebody else and now today i feel i'm somebody else the, the way i look at the things and as far as my treatment is concerned it's over and i'm on hormone uh, medication and some hormone positive and i go for my review every three months it's uh, my chemo code is still there it has to be removed after one to wait for some more time mm-hmm. so it's yet uh, yet i think only um, hardly nine months has been that i finished my treatment so yeah this is this is about it <laughs> How are you feeling now, ma'am? So I'm feeling great. I'm full of energy. I'm not feeling anything like it. Initially, one month took time to accept my body, but it's now same again. Energy levels are back, and I I'm not now that much fearful of what lies in the future because nobody can guarantee the future. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean now also we see what's happening with the COVID and all that. and people no 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 one life is guaranteed and anything can happen so i have taken it in a positive way only missing part which i felt for some time was my hairs when they were growing back and now i'm enjoying that short haircut because earlier i was never allowed to cut my hair short and i felt maybe this is the way i'm enjoying uh, so i've taken things very positively and i'm feeling good i'm back to my work I got another project, and which is people are amazing. So my yeah, my first thing was you know I'm not taken back into the same project, but I feel that happened uh, actually in in a good way because now the things are great and it's very uh, going great. So keeping just every every time whatever ha- so what I learned is like whatever happened probably that moment of time you may feel bad that you know this has happened, and, uh, but over the period we realize that. 
sometimes it's, it's it's good whatever is happening mm-hmm. so even now i feel the coat cancer has happened is also is a good thing because because i'm changed now and i know what are my priorities and uh, i'm and i'm very much calm down i don't take stress no life is no longer that much stressful what it used to be and i'm getting a lot of joy in helping not in helping but interacting basically with the people who are going through the same kind of situation and i try to connect with so many people if i see uh, somebody uh looking out for help or anything i go and talk i meet the patients i do my own uh, stuff i do counseling and i have a plan to be a, a counselor and a psychotherapist and for which i'm working on right now and definitely it has uh, changed me in a way that i'm more of spiritual now and i learned a lot in spirituality because i was always a logical person and needed to prove and all that and now i experience a few things and which has really changed me and it's amazing so yeah anything else you would like to know uh yes ma'am few things so i don't know where should i start actually you have mm-hmm. me most of the things like how you overcame this uh things that you had to fight with and how you survived it how you became spiritual so mm-hmm. it's a great thing to know that is really great thing and yes yes tell me so 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 ma'am uh, apart from chemotherapy and surgery did you take any other kind of treatment like ayurveda or Okay, so yeah, here this was definitely question in my mind when I was diagnosed that you know if I should go for alternative therapy and all because we get to know like people are getting uh, benefited or not, but there are no hundred uh, percent confirmation or trials available there, so we cannot just leave. That's how I have taken it. That we cannot just leave uh, the uh, conventional treatment. And uh, I thought, okay, once I finish, probably I can go for it. And even during my chemotherapy, I I just had a word with my medical oncologist, and he said because they, as per them, they don't know what we are going to take it, and they are very much worried about the treatment they are giving to us. So he suggested me, if you want, you can. do it or take it but let me finish my treatment i don't want any interaction happening here mm-hmm. so i didn't want to create i mean i definitely did not want that and these these are so many uh, trial based things and we know people have benefited so i thought okay let me finish this and probably later i can think of uh, doing something so then i had uh, i got to know few treatments and it was it was difficult to decide what treatment i should take it uh, because there are a lot many things and if we, if we go uh, going on like vitamin c and uh, then ayurveda ayurveda one thing i was i i wanted to do was uh, punch tantra what it is called some punch therapy something is there but i could not i could not do that because we needed to go and stay there for a long time but i def- i have chosen then a tibetan medication okay. but 
when i met the doctor there he also advised me the same thing till you finish your treatment you are not my patient because my i don't want you to be on allopathy as well as on my medication so you just finish it because i met him after finishing my chemotherapy when i get to take my radiation he said you finish your radiation and then come back so, so after finishing taken, uh-huh. so you have also taken radiation yes yes i have taken 28 sessions of radiation all right Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, uh, so once I finished my radiation, uh, then I went, and then I was put on uh, his his own uh, pills, whatever is available, whatever they are giving. Mm-hmm. So that I'm taking, and my treatment, the conventional treatment, was almost uh, almost took nine months. So again, I'm repeating. It was my surgery. Surgery included the re- the breast removal and the reconstruction and the chemo port installation. Mm-hmm. which and post after one month i started my chemotherapy which was uh, uh, like four cycles for 21 days and then 12 cycles for 12 weeks mm-hmm. and after that within a week or 10 days i started the radiation which was 28 sessions so all overall it took 8.5 to 9 months for my treatment Okay. Yeah. So and so uh, you, I I remember you were asking about something how I turned to spirituality and also mm-hmm. uh, this is something how it happened was as soon as I was diagnosed, so there are many questions pop up. Uh, the first thing is is it it was not like that. I always thought that it cannot happen to me. I thought it can happen, but I had this thing that I am very young for this. so it took some time to accept that you know it can happen at any i was maybe i was not prepared that this will this will happen so soon and we i lost my mother in law cancer and then few months so i had this question like why why at this point of time and what's the reason and i had those uncertainty in my mind that how long i'm going to be there for my uh, it was not like i was scared of death or so but i was more scared that i have the responsibilities my son is too young and uh, so those things were there so i have to be there for them mm-hmm. so uh, these questions and then i had this thing like you know what is there because i am a person who always think like if something has happened maybe there is some reason for it so this also keep coming like if, if if i'm going through this there must be some reason for it and what is that and yeah and then uh, definitely when we think of death and all then we think okay what okay and in the hospital when i'm thinking probably i may not be there tomorrow or day after tomorrow or maybe after a month or two years then 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 what so then then questions keep coming so that has turned me towards spirituality and i i met somebody and i'm really very really, i i feel lucky because she has changed and she has changed my she i experienced a lot of things which i never could earlier believe as a as a logical person mm-hmm. and i'm still learning and i then i have i'm still learning from her and i'm i'm doing my spiritual practices and everything because this is real really made me strong and you won't believe it has it has a not even my uh, belief system but it it has changed in a way, way because now i i know or maybe i'm on a path to know that 
where we are living and what it is all about what we are and those kind of answers i'm getting mm-hmm. so and i also started reading books during that period because obviously you are sitting at home and uh, very much depressed doing nothing so i i love reading and i when i started reading i chose many spiritual books past life and other stuff the curiosity and getting so that this this has diverted my mind and it gave me strength in some way so no no longer um scared of suffering or death and other stuff mm-hmm. we know that this is happening could so how to take it in 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 a, in a way that we can get most out of it what inspired you ma'am uh inspired actually i won't say like inspiring as such but uh, i was getting strength i was getting strength from my husband and other thing i mean because when i used to look at him and my son my thing was lost his mother he is also very young my son is is very young and they need me and i have to be there for them that was that was uh, giving me the strength and then the motivation uh, factor was uh, the spirituality was the motivation factor for me because i i, I was able to uh, take it and then i i also connected with other patients those were the motivation who said you know we were have been treated and they were absolutely living a normal life and that was motivating that okay then i can also live a life like them probably mm-hmm. you know no guarantee but probably when i when when we look at those people we feel motivated so that, that's the reason i and after that i decided that i will talk about my illness it's it's okay because they don't know out of 100 maybe if 10 people can get that kind of motivational inspiration the kind of what i'm getting so it, it, it was the same time when uh, chanali vendre and uh, tahira kashyap they they revealed about so that was also motivating okay they can deal with this and probably i can also deal with this so then we look at other patient other caregivers how they are dealing how uh, they are doing this, this definitely is motivating and and the person who has done this decade or or more than that ago that more motivating because then we see oh today we can also have a life like tomorrow we can also have a life like that probably i am also there in my son's marriage and i can see my grandchildren so that 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 was the motivation okay but one thing you we can never forget is how people are treating us mm-hmm. and that is also definitely a big thing because if uh, when we feel that uh, we have been uh, looked at as somebody who needs i mean i mean who is people pity on them or they are biased or sometimes people there is still a lot of stigma also around it sometimes people I, i have seen the people in the society who want to stay away because they feel probably some kind of uh, they may also get it you know and there is still a kind of taboo yes yes that even now with talking to us probably they will take this kind of i don't know what they understand like you know even even the meeting also some kind of people avoid us i i know one of my friend who uh, was a very good friend of mine but she avoided talking to me when she because she was carrying and she had this which later she revealed to me that she, you know that 
something she's carrying and if she talk to me or maybe something can go wrong or whatever so which was a very uh, which i never thought of people would think in that way as well but yes so when people feel somebody is suffering and if you talk to them or you know it may come to us that kind of things are also there uh, but then i and i was telling them what about doctors what about the nursing staff they are day and night they are doing this okay the no doctor would would like to become oncologist then so yeah so, so i think definitely this helps when people come out and talk about it the very first thing i did was when i met my hr so i was a little reluctant how people will be taking me i'm sure of hey, i don't have hair now and i'll be meeting or whether they will be looking at me with pity or they will behave with me in a normal way so i i in a way it was good because i also what i what i did was i did a um, session in my organization i spoke to my hr and i told them that i want to do have a, a awareness session because generally we feel nothing is there and if we are in if you know the symptoms and all it can save somebody's life so i don't mind talking about it about sharing my experience and even out of uh, you know 100 if 10 is listening to me that's fine because probably it can save somebody's life via those 10 people right because i when i heard somebody's story it saved my life hmm. so then they agreed and i when i went in my office within 5 to 10 days we had this session so most of the people in my office were got to know that what i went through so there it was uh, it was people were treating me normal so i i felt better there although i was a little reluctant initially going to office hmm. but i got good support and people were fine So, so, so this is uh, this is very important. You know how people are treating us. It can be demotivating as well that we don't feel like to go again. Right. So, so this is uh, and then I, I I I also met my so I was I was thinking what all I can do whatever is in my hand. I was not very clear. I decided so I I met my. Uh, support group in my hospital. I connected with them. So wherever they go for any session or any activity involved there, I join them. I also do at my own independently. Like I went to my university or my son's school or wherever. I I just talk to them and I tell them that I would like to share my story and I want people to be aware of it because at least in this area I know what it is. how the breast cancer is what the symptoms what the treatment what all about and how how the self examination is so important and coming from a patient it makes difference because we also had a um, year i think once i was diagnosed before two years or that in my organization there was a session done but those were the doctors mm-hmm. or, or the nursing staff so we don't take okay i mean it's not like that we didn't hear them we hear them but people are generally not that much uh, they give attention yeah, to these camps yes we, we are never going to face it yes yes so they they feel and they are like okay it happens but not i mean it it it, it can happen and even i was a person who thought okay if it happens maybe once i cross 40 okay i will do my regular mammogram those were the thoughts we have not taken that much seriously that we do the self examination and how important it can be even at in 30s or 20s and i i, I met the patient who was like in 20s i mean uh, so this is so important 
then i and then i realized that i will i will talk about it it doesn't matter and i started doing counseling to the patients in, in the hospital i connected with the in the cancer society and i'm doing whatever i can and i do have a plan of uh, working more in this area for which i'm preparing myself i'm doing like some ta course uh, to be a psychotherapist and i'm also doing the spirituality courses as well because general uh, what different i feel i go to go as a counselor and there i have seen as a counselor uh, but the difference what i feel is they don't take the spirituality so seriously actually mm-hmm. and when i speak to them and i say you know i i think this is important but they have their own standards you know because when when we are connected to somebody we are not so uh, free uh, to practice in our own way which is which which is what i am planning to do that uh, after a certain period of time probably i will do it my own because that way i can do what my ideas or what i have learned so they they don't take this seriously but when i'm meeting the patient there i know what mostly patients or mostly caregivers are into the spirituality because that is the ultimately giving them the strength because how can you uh, counsel a person or a patient who for sure going to lose their life in a in a year or a six month or so we know that the family knows that he is suffering how will you give how what counseling you will do you cannot say tomorrow will be good okay we don't know how the tomorrow will be will tomorrow the pain will be less or after tomorrow the pain will be less people are going through the financial crisis what kind of counseling we can do you know so the spirituality here plays very important role mm-hmm. it can be integrated with along with the um regular counseling based on case to case right yeah so are you uh, connected with other any other cancer patients or any other such communities yeah so when i was uh, I, i am connected actually in my hospital there is a support group and they are also i struggled initially i said i want to do when they were like you first finish your treatment then you do big stuff mm-hmm. and i was more into no no i have to i have to so i got connected the hospital has its own support group and then the indian cancer society i contacted them i said i want to because i really wanted to go to the hospitals and want to and we need permission for that we cannot just i mean if i if i say i want to do that until unless i am connected with somebody it's very difficult to get the permission to meet the patient so uh, i had i thought this is the only way i can get the permission so i i talked to them and then they did uh, okay you can come with us and you can join and this is how i got permission there then in breast cancer hub i worked with them also uh, for the awareness part because it it takes some time to create uh, credibility mm. you know we cannot just simply go and say we want to do this right. and let us enter right right even though i am confident i can handle it <laughs> so if i know like in my apartment i i when i got to know two three patients going to them and talking to them or sometimes on the facebook i see people are looking for help and i i just give my number i share my number and i tell them you can talk to me and then they are uh, uh, i mean i know what kind of because i think i have gone through i know what kind of questions they have and what kind of help they are looking for and whatever 
I can answer or I can at least give the pointer. It will be very helpful. So I am doing that way. So independently in this way, I mean, if I see people are looking out seeking for help, I will myself go and speak to them, and I'll tell this is how and uh, I can help you. And if because breast cancer is something which I know about the treatment line as well. So somebody has this dilemma. I if I can connect with the doctor, probably I try to do. If I know some doctor. Mm-hmm. Or if I know from where they can get this opinion, I connect there as well. So this is how I'm trying to do. I'm mean, try to make the connections everywhere, wherever I can, because sometimes it's not helping me directly. But right. probably third person need help. I can tell from here you can get this. Like today, you talk to me, and I can suggest you that in future you can work with us as a volunteer, and you can help people. Because we all we are always seeking volunteers who want to work for it. So okay, uh, but yours is in Mumbai only, na? Uh, yeah, our center is in Mumbai, but mm-hmm. you uh, we are helping people globally wherever okay. they are uh, seeking help. So you can get connected to them through. Okay, okay. So how is the process is? Actually, the process of uh, uh, counseling, even I'm not sure yet, because I have recently joined this company. Okay, so, about counseling, I think I have uh, I have mailed also. I received an email from uh, Dimple well, that there is some job job discussion about the patient counselor, but I think that's a proper job, not the volunteer thing. And uh, I have applied for that as well because what has happened is. Uh, even though i wanted to do all the stuff so badly the financial thing is always there i need insurance i'm going to the hospital then we need definitely everybody needs money so it was not feasible for me to leave my job i'm into software so uh, how i'm planning is like to move into counseling and psychotherapy slowly creating my credentials and getting my name and then probably leave the job and come into the fully mm-hmm. i get Yeah, it's really a great thing, ma'am. Really a great initiative by yourself without any help from anyone. So yeah, it is a great thing. All the best to you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Nice talking to you as well. The same, yeah, ma'am. Ma'am, anything else that you want to add in this blog? Um, I know nothing is coming in my mind now. <laughs> It's uh. But definitely, the what I want to say is take it. Any any advice for anybody is like definitely we cannot say it's not. I mean, the first time when diagnosis come, it's very shocking that we go into a very low phase and the world change. But uh, the thing is, if we if we take it as a normal cold and flu, it becomes easier to deal with this. Mm. I mean, if we take it, it's not taking it as a cancer, taking it as okay, like. सबको कोई छोटी मोटी बीमारी होती है ना समथिंग लाइक दैट हैज हैपेंड ओके फाइन आई विल गेट आउट ऑफ इट एंड आई यूज्ड टू स्ट्राइक द डेज इन माय डेली लाइक ओके दिस डे वन डे पास वन डे पास वी कीप काउंटिंग ना ट्रीटमेंट कितने दिन का बाकी है कीप काउंटिंग सो दैट दैट्स हाउ आई एम टेकिंग इट एज अ नॉर्मल कोल्ड एंड फ्लू विल डेफिनेटली हेल्प रादर देन ट्रीटिंग एज अ सम मेजर डिजीज राइट मैम आई यूजुअली आस्क दिस वन क्वेश्चन Uh, mm-hmm. that uh, is there any particular kind of message that you want to tell to anybody like uh, to cancer patients or caregivers but the thing you said a few minutes back was that 
sometimes people try to come to talk to you to uh, motivate you but they don't realize they demotivate you so do you want mm-hmm. give any message to anyone like general mm-hmm. society or public related to this because that is something rarely i uh, not everyone talks about Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was the first thing which was in my mind when I was dealing with this. That uh, awareness is not only important for the cancer patient. I mean that they should know that how it should be diagnosed, and they should be aware about their body, and that they should know what right kind of treatment, and not fall into just uh, you know alternative therapy. Alternative therapy is not a bad thing, but it has to be uh, taken in a in a very uh, the planned way or thought process has to be there it cannot be a um, replacement for a conventional therapy so that awareness is a separate part but awareness how to talk to a cancer patient is a different part so when somebody is interacting with the cancer patient the first thing which will be very helpful is treat them as a normal person for the cancer patient Right. Okay, so when you're talking to them, as if you're talking to anybody else, will be really helpful to motivate their uh, spirit. Because if if you're telling, if you're, you know, a little bit of even it just comes right. Uh, okay, you, you, this person has a cancer. Oh my God! But that kind of pity comes. That is very demotivating. Mm-hmm. Other than that, okay, it's fine. It will go. I mean, it, it, it will go or just be normal because we don't know every cancer patient. You don't know some people will be okay. Some people may not be. Some every every going to be different. So just treat them as normal. That's it. Accident happened, and this is one of the accidents. That's it. Great part, ma'am. And yeah, that is it. So, ma'am, is it okay for you to share your picture with us? If we can. Post- yeah, yeah, yeah. I did share, uh, and I uh, you want me to share at this number? Yes, ma'am. That would be very. Okay, good. okay. So I can use uh, I can do WhatsApp on this number. Yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. I will share. Okay, ma'am. And, um, during this process, uh, when you got into spirituality, uh, did you do meditation or something like that? Yes, yes. So I, what has happened? Okay, during my chemotherapy, I was. Uh, so when you were speaking about meditation, I did try meditation. Uh, somehow it was not helping me that much because probably I did not know the right technique of doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yoga has helped me. Uh, normal yoga, the pranayama and other normal asana. So okay. and chemotherapy, we need. the body movement as the doctor suggest go for a walk or you know keep moving don't don't just lie down or uh, do this so i i uh, actually got somebody who was because i had that abdomen surgery as well since it was a reconstruction mm-hmm. so I, i cannot just simply rely on anybody to teach me the yoga asan so those have to be customized looking at my condition right. so one teacher used to come at home and i did this all during my chemotherapy because it was very weak i'm weak not able to do normally somebody needs to support me customize asana and pranayama and all that so Uh, that I did, and probably that um, was helpful in some way mm-hmm. because uh, chemotherapy was putting on lot of lot of weight and depression and other stuff, and at least 
this is helping somewhere that that's how I felt meditation is something which definitely I wanted to do I did try mm-hmm. but I did not go I could not go that much deeper which people you know are able to probably because everybody's expectations are different probably my expectations were different from uh, the meditation stuff and I was not going I was not able to sit that much longer and but I used to hear the calming music books helped me because I, I was so curious right to so getting those answers and my thought process i so i was coming down myself in other way okay that is thing so mm-hmm. all right man no see yes. good talking to you take care yes yeah yeah same here all, all right man